Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Come on, stand up with me. Don't be lazy now. We're going to play a little Catholic here, up and down, up and down. Don't get mad at me because I said we're playing Catholic here, all right? Can we have a little fun in the house without anybody getting all offended? All right. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what the Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I'll never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Well, I'm kicking off a new series, and it's basically simply entitled uh, Four Things That You Don't Want to Do to Get What You Want. I mean, no, they're just, sometimes you just, you're, you're in motion of doing something stupid, and you just can't stop yourself. It's a don't. I'm not, don't do it, don't do it. There's a guy that showed up at a restaurant slash bar, and he saw three blondes sitting at a table. Don't get mad at me here. And he thought, well, I'm going to go over there and ask him a question. He went over and said, y'all mind if I tell a blonde joke? Three of them looked at him, and one of them responded, well, you see that, that blonde right there? She's a female heavyweight champion of the world. One next to her, mixed martial arts champion, and I am the weightlifting champion, champion in the female division. Are you sure you still want to tell your blonde joke? He said, no, I don't want to tell it three times. <laughs> You all right, Chrissy? <laughs> you know, it's just a little fun, see? See, the world's so on edge that we can't even laugh anymore. Uh, I'm just going to keep telling laughing jokes until somebody kills me. <laughs> Probably what happened in my life. That ain't a negative confession. I'm going to live a long time. Well, this new series, there are things that we don't understand, and because we don't understand them, maybe we get frustrated instead of educated. So whenever you don't understand something, get educated instead of frustrated. I, I have these frustrations. I, I, I know that uh, I just don't understand why God made asparagus taste like asparagus. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I was walking through the airport recently, and, and I saw this kiosk that was filled with, like, M&M's, Reese's Pieces, Kit Kat bars. I mean, you name it. It was just a beautiful sight. And I looked at Susan, and I said, this makes no sense to me. Why couldn't asparagus taste like M&M's? Green beans taste like Skittles. I mean, we'd all be healthy. I mean, I mean, come on, man. When you eat that stuff, I mean, you should eat it. I know it's good for you. Uh, the, not the M&M's and the Reese's Pieces, but, but, but it just, it, there are things we just don't understand. And, and, and you know, and, and there are things that we just don't do, like tell blonde jokes to three blondes that can kick you around. And there are things you don't want to do in order to get the things that you want from God. Now, listen to this. 
1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 23, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. This gets all over religious people right here. The grace of God far exceeds our ability to even imagine. But God tells us don't do certain things because they're counterproductive, they're harmful, they'll hurt you, and we understand that. And, and we don't do them because we know if we, if we do them, we're not going to get the results we want. So don't hold unforgiveness towards someone if you want to live a happy life. Don't, don't be bitter. There are just so many don'ts to get you to the things that you want that I'm just going to point a few of those out in the next few weeks because some people, religious people especially, hate it when you talk about wanting things from God. You know, like you ought to just serve God miserably. No, there are people that go to church and they're just miserable. They hate going to church. They don't like their pastor. I know that's not the case with any of y'all. 930, there are probably a few people here that just don't like me. But at 11 o'clock, all y'all love me. I know that. Thank you. It's about 98% of you. Some of you, I ain't clapping for nobody or nothing. But the reality is the reason we don't do some things is not because God's a killjoy, but because God says those are not going to benefit you. There's nothing wrong with you eating M&Ms and Reese's Pieces. I'm giving you a pass on that. It ain't going to help you. But, but the dentist will love you. But it's permissible, but it isn't necessarily beneficial. So the question we have to ask when we're making decisions is, not is this okay with God, but is this going to help my life be everything that God wants it to be? Is it going to be beneficial to my future? See, if those of you watching from home, sitting on your sofa for the last two years, it's permissible, but it's not beneficial. You put on 35 pounds. There's not anything you can do about it because you ain't here. Things that are, we, so we look at things and we go, oh, it's okay, it's okay, God loves me. Yeah, God loves us. But I know that when I eat M&Ms, I'm not going to get the same minerals and vitamins I get when I eat asparagus. I know that. I know that you can stay at home and you can go to heaven, but you're not going to have as much fun as if you come to church and get around a bunch of people who are going with you. Been almost two years. I have another name for the pandemic, and I won't say it today. But all you people with like minds know what I'm thinking. This is mosaic. About 98% of you know what I'm thinking. But this thing has put a pause, pressed the pause button on the world, and more sadly, it's pushed the pause button on Christianity, on church attendance, and on faith. And I'm calling you out today to get back in the house of God. If you can go to Walmart, Jesus help us. I mean, I go to Walmart now for entertainment. I'm telling you, I've seen some yoga pants that should be illegal. <laughs> Jesus, help us. Susan gets mad at me. I walk through there just taking pictures. Look at that. Yeah, have you ever seen me at Walmart with the, I'm taking pictures. I don't know. I'm telling you, some of the best. I mean, there is not a movie out that will entertain you more than there. I'm sure there's a lawsuit in here somewhere. 
Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. So if you really want to say, I, there are things I want in this life, in this world, how do I get those? Well, then you have the, the hyper-spiritual people that believe that all I have to simply do is pray. Prayer is awesome. Prayer is necessary. Prayer is incredible. However, what you do after prayer or as a result of prayer is more critical than the prayer itself because faith without works is dead. So prayer without works will also be dead because you're praying, you're getting faith, but now you have to do something. I don't know how many of you caught the first charismatic wave. I, I hit that wave with a hard board, I'm telling you. It was back in about the, uh, what would that have been, about the 80s, early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. And, I mean, there were people that were really, I had one friend that, I, I never forget, we're praying over a meal. You know, we're at a meal, and, and they're praying over the meal. And she began casting out calories. <laughs> it's permissible, but it's not beneficial. I didn't see one calorie leave her plate. And, and so, you know, in other words, it's permissible to pray that way. And, and some of y'all still believe the calories are gone and not going to affect you. But you haven't seen yourself from behind. I'm not talking about any of y'all in here. But we have this limited perspective is what I'm saying. That's probably a politer way to say it. You limited perspective. And so you haven't really looked and said, this is not constructive. This is not beneficial. This is not helping me. You see, it's not helping you holding a grudge against somebody who hurt you years ago. It's, it's not healthy for you to be unforgiving or bitter about something. That's not helping you. It's permissible. It's just not constructive. It's not beneficial. Some of y'all say, well, I don't, I'm not bitter. But you talk about them all the time. Yeah, I mean, I can tell what you're, all you have to do is have a 30-minute or a 3-minute conversation with some people, and you can tell right where they're at. Because they're going to tell you without even thinking. And the Bible says that a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So whatever you're talking about is really what you're living out. I think so. But here's the point. God sent Jesus for us to experience the abundant life. So ask yourself the question, do I feel like... I'm experiencing the abundant life. And when you ask that question, you have to know the criteria and you have to be able to answer it in the context of the question. Some people say, well, I don't have much money. See, everything is evaluated nowadays measured by money. But the reality is I've seen some of the happiest people in the world that didn't have two nickels to rub together, but they chose to design their life by faith and believing in Jesus Christ that I'm going from glory to glory and from one place to better to another. But you get to choose. I have to choose. We all have to choose. I choose God. When people get around me and start talking negative, and I'm not talking about working through issues. You have to talk through issues. You have to work through issues. But some people are just negative. They're just Debbie Downers. It's like you get around them and you just, you just feel like a cloud just moved over you like a cartoon. And then they just begin to rain down and spew down on you negative stuff. You know, people use different things like, you know, you're getting older. Like, that's supposed to mean something. I want to be like Caleb. Caleb in the Bible says, you know what? 
I'm 85. I'm as strong now as I was then. Give me the land. See, and we love preaching it, but living is, I ain't on my back. Telling somebody that your back hurts is not going to heal your back. Now, I know that, you know, you, you, you can get them to pray for you. Say, you know, I'm having a little challenge in the old back there. Now, let's go play golf. I mean, what does it cost you to have faith? What does it cost? It costs you nothing. Faith is not for sale. It's a gift from God. And it doesn't mean that we don't have challenges. Jesus said in the world you have tribulation. Take courage, I've overcome the world. I, just, I tell you, this is the most embarrassing thing. I went bowling like for the first time in a long time, like a week and a half ago. I actually, and, and I'm just going to tell you, I preached last week with a pulled hamstring. Bowling. How humiliating. How did you hurt yourself? No, it wasn't like I got hit by a 340-pound tackle. I threw a bowling ball. <laughs> I gutted it out, too. I finished with a 191. Take that, devil. Yeah, baby. Injured. I would have been on the IR. <laughs> if you're not, somebody, well, what is that? Figure it out. Google it. I'm sure if it comes up, come up with something raunchy. Pastor said that. <laughs> it's injure reserve list, okay? <sighs> Fixing to go Bible on you here. John chapter 14. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. We're living in a world, and the goal of Satan, I believe, is to steal the hope, faith, and heart of mankind. We're not minimizing the pain and suffering and challenges that are in this world. All we're saying is nothing that can happen in this world is going to change my heart and my faith in Jesus Christ. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will never leave us, and he will never forsake us. We don't understand everything, and we don't have to to exercise faith. Faith becomes the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We exercise faith. We know all this stuff is permissible, but is it beneficial? Is it constructive in, in, in not forgiving, not letting go, not, not just releasing things and letting God be God? I want everything that Jesus has for me. And boy, the minute you start getting everything that Jesus has for you, you'll have a ton of people that like you and a ton that hate you. I just can't wait to go to heaven. I'm going to be at the front of the line. And then that irritates religious people right there. How, why, why are you going to be at the front of the line? You can say the same thing I just said. Why get mad at me? Just say, no, I'm going to be in front of you. It's great. We'll talk about it. But it's gonna, only going to be because the people who didn't like me on earth are going to hear Jesus say, Mark Crow, my son, my faithful son, the one I love so much. Come on in. And I'm going to say, Jesus, can I hold on? I just want to watch these other people who didn't like me. I believe I can be ornery right before the gates. 
I believe that to be true. You know, the last seven years of my life, I've had to work harder than ever to find laughter and joy. But I have found laughter and joy to be the strength that I need to get through all the fights I've been through. You know, you can sit around and blame the world for where you are or where you're not. Or you can get up and go where you want and where you need to be. You have to get up and you have to declare God's word in the face of every satanic word that's coming from hell and people that are around you that want you to believe it's over. Let me just tell you something. If something is ended, that's because God has a new beginning for you. When one thing closes, God opens something else. We can whine, whine, and it won't do any good. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. The Amplified says, don't let your hearts be troubled, distressed, agitated. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me. In my Father's house, there are many mansions, many dwelling places, many homes. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I'm going to prepare a place for you that where I am, you uh, you may, I go and make ready for you. Now, the reason I believe Jesus did this was to give us vision beyond our moment. In the world, you are going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. You're going to be around people you don't want to be around. You're going to hear things you don't want to hear. There are going to be naysayers. Just get around a bunch of yaysayers and say, you all need to go do your own little small group, you negative people. There will always be a reason. There is historically always been a reason to be sad, to be downcast. Things happen. We lose fights. We lose people we love. We lose things. But you have to remember what is 60, 70, 80, 90, and depending on how many people hate me, I may live to be 100 because I'm going to outlive everybody. I'm not sure I want to, but it sure would be fun going to their funerals. <laughs> they don't know it, so it won't be that much fun. Anyway, so I'm, I know everybody loves me. I'm, there's no way. <laughs> some of y'all going, yeah, right. Yeah, there's some 930 people who don't, but I know all of you do. Peter said, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them, the promises, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. We are where we are. We are who we are by the choices that we have chosen. You can say, well, I didn't grow up in a good neighborhood. Neither did I. We didn't grow up in a neighborhood like that. There, there was very little hope. As a matter of fact, we, we could graduate almost without doing anything. It was a country school. I'll never forget, I got pulled out of English class by the principal one time, and he said, hey, would you take my truck and go to Sperry and get sod and put it in my yard? What senior in high school is not going to say yes and amen to that? I didn't even realize I was going to need English when I got out of high school. <laughs> Think about it. 
We speak English. We have to take English class. Taking Spanish made total sense to me. Anyway, so... <laughs> Y'all are a little slow. Now... <sighs> problem is that if I were to say, well, you know, what, what's going to happen tomorrow for you? What's going to happen? Many people would say, well, you know, I don't know. I, I'll, I'll wait till tomorrow comes. And, of course, that's a real religious answer. We're not supposed to think about tomorrow yet. But how come having said, write, write this down, write the plan, write the vision, write it out. You, you've got to design your life. Many of you are living your life by default. You, you got the job you got, so you're going to stay there. You've, you hate it. You hate the boss. You hate everything about it. But you're going to be there because it's a job. It's a J-O-B. And, and you hate it. So what are you going to do? I'm not telling you to quit. Don't elbow your spouse and say, see, pastor's prophesying. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but, but you get to determine your life. You say, well, you know, I'm not. You don't know if you're wanted anywhere else. You haven't tried anywhere else. You, you've lived your life just by default, by getting up on Monday, and Monday says, this is what I've got to do. Instead of saying, this is what I'm going to do on Monday. I believe that we have the opportunity every day to get up and say, Lord, Lord, my footsteps are ordered by you today. I'm not doing something just because it's what I've always done. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do because you paid for me to do it. Your power lives in me. And I'm going to live my life by design every step of the way. But you have religious people and hyper-spiritual people. Hyper-spiritual people say, just pray about it. Religious people say, don't even worry about it. It ain't worth it. This is, you know, life is life, and this is what it, it, it deals you. So many people say, pray that I have money. No, I'm not praying that you have money. I'm praying you have a job. <laughs> Pastor, pray for me. I need money. No, you need a job <laughs> that pays you money. Then people say, pray that I have money. I ask the question. I know I'm atypical, and this may sound mean, but I'm all about... Uh, you know, the best coaches in the world are not coaches that pat you on the back. They're coaches that kick you. Anyway, so they, they're, they're, they're provoking you to get the best out of you. And I would tell people, I said, you want to pray for money? What are you doing with the money you have? Do you tithe? Or, well, you want money? Do you work? So listen, folks, listen to me. You can get mad all you want, and you can criticize people who talk this way all you want, but the reality is the Bible tells us what to do to get the things we want to get. But it requires something of us. We have to be responsible to obey the Word of God. We have to be responsible. We have to do what the Bible says. The, Psalm 23, one of the most famous passages of Scripture says this. Three translations I read, but the one that really stands out, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's the Scripture that religious people will read to you. Well, the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. But the actual Hebrew on that is the Lord is my shepherd, I have all that I need. Another one says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack, I shall not fail, I shall not be decreased, I shall not be abated. The Lord is my shepherd. That everything you and I have need of or want for is available to us. The question is, how do we get from where we are to get to that? We oftentimes stop short. We alter the blessing of God because we don't see fully 
what God has for us. Next week, I'll be talking about Abraham and Terah, and Terah uh, stopping short of the promise of God. He was short-sighted. He didn't finish. He didn't conclude. He didn't go to the promise where God called him to go. He stopped short. I began to think about 2016 when I came back uh, to Oklahoma City because I thought I was done preaching. I thought I'm done. And actually, to be honest with you, I was really okay with that. And I think I needed to be okay with that. I think God wanted me to be okay with that. Not that he wanted me to stop preaching, but that I needed to be okay with whatever he wanted. So when I came back March the 20th of 2016... I thought it was going to be a one-shot deal. I really did. I thought, yeah, God, I don't mind. I, my, my, my name's been around the world. <laughs> it wasn't like a secret. And I, so I was okay with it because I knew God. I was like, you know, God, I'm not happy about any stupid thing I've done. That's not the point, but I trust you. And so I, I thought when I came back, I thought, you know, this is just an opportunity for me to say bye to all the wonderful people of Oklahoma City. Then I was going to go back to my island. That's really what I thought. And I, I knew that day that it was really likened to a NASCAR race. Most people came to see the crash, not the race. <laughs> and we didn't even hit a wall. We just I, we made it through, and I came back the next Sunday and the next Sunday, and here we are six years later. And I, I think there are people that think, you know, that, that I'm COVID. I'm never going away. And I'm not. I'm here to stay. We are, we are here to stay. I think Oklahoma City needs a church like ours. I, I really do. I mean, I, I can't figure it out. I can never figure out why. But I just want to obey God. I know that obedience and an act of my will to follow him is what releases his power and his promise and his presence. God wants to do things, but there are things we don't need to be doing to get God to do what we want to have done. If I were to ask you, where's the greatest treasure in the world? Some of you say in the great diamond mines of South Africa. Others would say the oil in the Middle East. But the greatest wealth is not found in those locations. The greatest wealth in the world is found in cemeteries around the world where dreams were buried and visions that never happened, skills and talents that were never used, inventions never invented, all because people lost sight of the dream and promise of God. And they listened to the wrong voices, distracted by the world's chaos and hearts that were weighed down. I don't want to be one of those people. There's only one prayer I have that before I die that I will have accomplished everything God wanted me to before I died. Because he's given each and every one of us a divine assignment, a destiny, and a purpose for being here. There's a reason you are living in 2022. There's a reason that you have survived everything you've survived. There's a reason that we're here. And you're going to slip up, mess up, but when you do, get up and don't shut up. Live up to everything that God has for you to live up to. There will be a bunch of religious people that want to put their foot on your throat and you just need to remind them it belongs on the devil's head not your throat there are many reasons that they could give you why you don't deserve to be doing what you're doing and 
I think sometimes God allows things to happen just to say, you know what, shake it up a little bit. <laughs> Remember the old saying, shake and bake, and I helped. <laughs> I'm part of the shake and bake crowd. <laughs> just want to be a little help for Jesus. The first thing you don't want to do is lose your sight, your spiritual sight, your spiritual vision. Things happen, man. Things happen. And, and the whole idea of those things happening is, is used to be frightening to me. A friend of mine is a multimillionaire, and he, uh, many years ago, I had his kids in my youth group. And I was, at that time, as I said last week, youth pastors made no money, but we, we were always enamored by it. And so I, I had this dad, and he, he liked me, and he, he'd come and pick me up, take me to lunch. And I just remember asking him, because I, I didn't have much then. And uh, I said, you know, do you ever lose sleep at night? Because he had a bunch of, uh, of uh, he owned a bunch of stuff. And I said, you know, have you ever thought about losing everything you've ever had? And he, he didn't even pause. He said, you know what? I don't ever think about it. Don't ever lose sleep over it. I made it once. I'll make it again. I've never forgotten it. And I thought, you know what, God? If he has that kind of guts, so do I. If he has that kind of courage, so do I. And that's how come every Sunday, every Saturday night before I come here, I look and say, I'm waiting for the day that this auditorium is filled from side to side, front to back, and I'll never give up on that. The greatest story of all is that God takes a fractured, broken idiot, puts him back together, stands him up, and says, keep on talking. I don't know if you caught that or not, but I was the idiot in that story. And it just blesses me that God would trust me and, and say, get back up. There's no better, better story in the world than to be able to look at people and say, you know what, you can do it. They say, you don't know my story. I said, I know his story, and his story trumps your story every time. So get up and quit using your story and start telling his. <laughs> Isaiah 50. Because of the sovereign, sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. You've got to understand that God is on your side. God is not against you. God is for you. And what you have done cannot compare with what he did 2,000 years ago to take care of what he knew you would do 2,000 years later. And you have to stop and say, I will not excuse myself from obeying God. I will not quit. Jesus rose from the dead. God, raise me up from the deadness of my life and give me breath again. Instead of living and saying, you know, what would have been? No, now what you have to say is what can be. What can be, God? What do you want it to be? And I will obey you and I will follow you. The Bible says where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint or discipline without a vision one translation says my people perish the reason we have a suffering society is because people have lost vision by being distracted by everything that's going on in the world today the question has been hit many times is is this the beginning of the end with russia and china and everything going on all i know is this nothing really i mean it matters because we care about the people i've got friends in ukraine i've been uh, interacting with them during this whole process how are they doing in the pastors that we're not doing very well over here we're believing god for them i'm not minimizing but i'm telling you, ukraine will rise up ukraine will declare the glory of god ukraine will be a testimony of god's greatness 
It's a little five foot six munchkin from Moscow. What a name. <laughs> yeah, we need to do away with some of this polite talk and call it what it is. Yeah, I'm not sure everybody would agree with you really. Be kind, be kind. No. There comes a time when you just like Jesus in Matthew 23, you brood of vipers, you whitewashed sepulchers, you snakes, you little snake. All right, now, I know that that's not for everybody, but for those of you here, you know me. You can expect me to do something like that on a weekly basis. I will. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself. See, so what, what, what he's really saying is if you will lean on me, trust in me, look to me, delight yourself in me, do the things I've called you to do, the desires are going to come. You're not, you're not in pursuit of desires. You're in pursuit of delight, delighting yourself in God. And then God will release all those things to you. And that's hard to do. I mean, it is hard to do. I'm not saying this is simple. I'm not trying to make light of it. It's a challenge. That's why we preach. That's why we listen. I listen to probably five hours of sermons every week. Not my own because I can't listen to me. I mean, have you ever heard your own voice, record your own voice? It's like done. Why is that? I can't watch me. I can't listen to me. So all I have to go on is y'all telling me it was really good, Pastor. Thank you. I don't need any help telling me how bad it was because in my mind, I'm already going, do I really sound like that? I quit. <laughs> Susan will pop it up on a on, on, on podcast or something sometime in my voice. Is that my voice? That sounds terrible. I keep on doing it in spite of myself. Thank you. Let the words of your lips and this meditation of your heart be pleasing. Let my meditation be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Whatever you're meditating on, whatever you're saying, declare what isn't. Speak of future events with as much certainty as though they've already passed. That's what one translation says, that God speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they've already passed. You frame your future by the words that you speak. That's how come I get up every week and say, God, from the north, south, east, and west, I declare people are coming from every point on the compass. Devil, I bind you in the name of Jesus. These people are released to come to the house of God. You're released to come. Pandemic's over. Now I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. No, it's not. People are still dying. They're still dying of heart attacks, too, unless you're an Italian. Italians, I mean, you know, that's how Italians die. Everything's a heart attack. What's the knife in his back? It's a heart attack. I'm going to close with this thought. I just think I need to. You don't want to miss this series because you don't. The things you don't want to do to get the things that you want don't want to miss you want to get out of get off the couch get out of bed if you you're already going everywhere but you can't go to church this is the least contagious place on earth 
Yeah, yeah, it is. Helen Keller was nothing less than an overcomer. She's, her story, obviously, is still being told. Will most people remember if not Google her? Someone who would not allow the closed doors of this life to keep her from walking through the open ones that God provided. Her blindness ironically led to her giving vision to many. And as we look back at her life, she gives us here a vision, encouragement, and fresh insight. She said these words, The only thing that is worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. You know how many people in this world today have sight but they have no vision? They talk about everything that's happened to them instead of everything that's happened for them. And everything that God did through his son, Jesus Christ, that happened for you gives you no excuse and me no excuse to not get up every day and exercise faith to believe that everything that we've ever had need of has already been paid for and taken care of. We just simply have to walk it out and believe God. And I can say this from a platform of great loss, of great loss, more loss than most people will have in a lifetime. And I can stand up here with a smile on my face today knowing this is not the end. This is the beginning. It's a new day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Not because it's a good day, but because he is a good God, and a good God controls every day. I believe this, if we don't quit, we win. If we don't quit, we win. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give out. Don't give in. We win. People will call you stupid for keeping on trying, but they're dumb for calling you stupid. Hope that made sense. But we're going to believe God. We're going to stand strong. Easter's coming around the corner. I told Susan this morning, I said, you know, I've just, I've got to get my mind right with all of this, you know. I mean, we, we do things differently for certain days and all that. And I said, I'm just going to do the same thing. We're going to fill the auditorium twice. We're going to see people saved. We're going to see miracles happen. I think I'm going to preach a whole series on miracles in April because the greatest miracle that ever happened was one man would die this for the sins of all mankind, past, present, future. He would go into a cave where they would bury him, and three days later he'd rise from the dead, and then he would ascend to the right hand of God, saying, I'm ever making intercession for those of you who remain. <laughs> Standing in the gap, it's a miracle. Miracles still happen today. We don't serve an age of miracles. We serve a God of miracles. And then, of course, religious people come back and say, well, that, this happened and that happened. They died and this died. I still believe in a God of miracles. That will never change. It's a miracle that when I die, I get to go to heaven. Don't shout too loud. It's a miracle. And God still does miracles today. And he will never quit doing miracles. He will never quit interceding. Jesus will never stop interceding for you, for me. He's standing in the gap. Don't give the devil an inch. Don't give him anything. Don't give him any time. Don't give him any space. Don't give him any thought. Your thoughts are turned toward God. Keep your mind set on the things above and not the things below, the things within and not the things without. We serve an awesome God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are an awesome, awesome God. 
You died for our failings. You died for our failures. You died for everything we would ever do wrong, Jesus. You took our sin up on the cross. And we still talk about it like it has control. But you are in control of our lives until we submit our lives to sin. But today we choose to submit our lives to you. And not the sin, not the want-tos in our lives that are destroying us. God, we want what you have for us. So there are things we don't do to get what we want. We're not going to exercise our flesh, live out our flesh, and do all the things we want to do. We're going to do what you want us to do, God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, we never like to close a service without praying for those of you who have yet to accept Christ as your Savior. When he comes into your life, you have the power to live the life that I've talked about. So pray this with me, everyone watching online, everyone in-house. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, simply text the word SAVED, 405-513-10. Uh, we pray for you throughout the week. We get those uh, responses quickly. And uh, we want to be able to pray with you, pray for you. And you need to get in church. You need to start a discipline in your life that will cause you to experience what you want to experience in life. And it begins, I believe, in the house of God. When we come together, we take a little time out of the week to worship Him and honor Him. To me, it's important. So please text the word SAVED, 405-513-10. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.